Third and goal with 33 seconds to go from the 11-yard line. Taylor rolling to his left. He stops. He looks back to the right side. Still looking. Tyrod waiting. Tyrod scrambling. Back at the 20. Fires. End zone. It is caught for the touchdown by Roberts. It's a miracle in Blacksburg. Tyrod did it, Mikey. Tyrod did it. Welcome to Two Minute Drill Field, Pokies Football for Gluttons. Going to do a little bit of an impromptu podcast here this morning, uh, Sunday morning after the uh, pit debacle. And uh, with me is, uh, we'll call him a friend of the podcast, uh, Mr. Iron Twos. Iron Twos, how you doing? You know, I'm all right. I'm all right. I guess, uh, I guess I'm in the acceptance phase, so I'm doing better than I, I thought I would. How are you doing? I am in the... Uh, uh, rejoice phase. In fact, that was, of course, the, the the title of my last episode after Liberty, and here we are with two more two more losses since then. And, and of course, I hate it for the hate it for the kids. I hate losing, but you know you can feel it in the air now. the The light is at the end of the tunnel, and so actually, I'm 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 beyond acceptance, and I'm actually excited. And um, so, what we're going to do today is we're not going to we're not going to look back at all. We're we're going to well a little bit. We're going to do it quickly, but. We're going to really look forward, and I just want to. All I can think about now is is who's who's our next coach going to be, and um, so I'm excited and want to just bounce these off. And by the way, I appreciate you coming on uh, uh, in kind of short notice. I just texted you late last night. No, no problem. And yeah. shout out to my wife, by the way, too, who um, was kind enough to take my kids on a hike. Uh, so, uh, giving me just kind of a little time to get this recording in. So we're just going to run down through it. And now, first of all, I think you've been on two or three times and I, you've got your own podcast and you've, uh, to your credit, you don't plug it shamelessly, but why don't you tell everyone what it is? And, um, I've listened to it once and, and really enjoyed it. You guys, you know, your stuff clearly. I don't, uh, I'm not riding my long commute anymore, so I don't listen to as many podcasts, but go ahead and put your plug in for silent count. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, we, uh, me and my one good friend, we both love college football. So we started a podcast called The Silent Count. We're on all, all podcasts, but we, it's an overview of all, all the teams, not just specific to Virginia Tech. But he, he's a pit guy. We're both from Pittsburgh. So it, we really enjoyed it. Um, we do a preview episode every week and then a, a review. Um, so yeah, it's good, you, and, and it's good stuff. You guys, you guys, you guys know your stuff. So everyone should check out The Silent Count. All right. So here's what we're going to do today. Um, we're gonna. I want one thing off our chest quickly, and I know you have to leave at twelve. Yeah, that's and correct. I got a, um, I got a puppy who hopefully will not be whining too much in the background. Um, uh, you got to leave at twelve. We're gonna go and get through what we can. If you drop off, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna close it out on my own. But first, um, like I said, I, I don't even wanna, I don't wanna think more about the Fuente. Era. I haven't done with him for a long time. And I'm not gonna be bitter. I'm just happy that we're we're basically move on. Of course, it isn't official yet, but I think everyone everyone knows that time is coming. And so, first, one thing off your chest, uh, anything you want it to be, and then we'll we'll move on and look forward. No, I just it's no, I got not much. You know, I was just a disappointment. I guess I love the Fuente hire, um, but you know, now it's starting to be the acceptance where it's 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 end of it. Um, last yesterday, I think was the it, but it's always hard when something doesn't work out, and it's 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 a bummer. Like I said, I love the hire, but year five and there's little to no progress. 
Well, yeah, there's 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 clearly regression in, in in all phases, and I have to admit, I love the hire too. You can go back; he, he's the guy that I wanted, so I was wrong. Uh, coming off of um, Frank, I kind of wanted more of an X's and O's guy. I, I felt like we, you know, the the kind of figurehead might not work, and and his resume looked good at the time, but boy, boy, were we wrong. Well, look, the the only thing I want to say is is um, you know. Those of us that have wanted him gone, I think, took a lot of grief from people the last three years or so, and we were constantly told we weren't weren't good fans. The negativity on Twitter was hurting the program. We needed to, ex- you know, all these laundry list of excuses heading all the way up into really almost the last two weeks. Um, and, and I get that, you know. Uh, I did, the only thing I just want to say, and again, and I'm 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 done with it. I'm going to try to talk about Justin Fuente as, as, as little as possible, but, but you know, those of us that wanted him gone weren't just sort of bitchy, complaining, hard to please fans. That's not my nature at all. I hate, hate being negative. I've said this on this podcast many, many times, but we want, we want the program to be great, not just good. And you can just see this slow decay. Uh, and, and, and in my opinion, changing that fan sentiment and keeping the pressure on him is going to help make the change sooner rather than later. And the longer we kind of just wait and, and, and say, we're going to accept this, um, the worse damage that is ultimately done. <clears throat> the good news is everyone realizes that now. And so, um, you know, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to too too much of the, I told you so, but I, I will say there was a lot of people the last two or three weeks that were when my last podcast, which I, again, I called rejoice. And I went through all the reasons why it made no sense to me that that we wouldn't be getting rid of him then uh a whole bunch of people said you know there's no chance zero chance and sort of sort of did so arrogantly and so and and now those same people are saying well it looks like a looks like a a change is in the works and so i'm not going to dunk on them but i will cash this receipt and um kind of keep in mind the you know uh the people that told me you're wrong but anyways enough of that so look again like this is like christmas shopping in my opinion right we're going to there's a whole bunch of coaches out there. Uh, we're never going to know for at least a couple of years whether we made the right hire or not. But but let's go over the list. I sent you a list of a handful. You probably have a few of your own. And let's just go rapid fire and kind of talk about folks. Um, you want to start? Yeah, I guess my number one. Obviously, this is like you said. This is more of a realistic list. I mean, you you got. I mean, we can say who we want, but I think this is a, a better list of things that we might. Luke Fickle's definitely on there. He checks all the boxes. Uh, he's a great recruiter. He's come from Ohio State, so he has that power five playing, and he was a great coach there. So he obviously understands what you got to do. I mean, he's kind of fenced the the Ohio State. Anyone Cincinnati wants, I mean, they're getting guys that they they shouldn't be getting. He does make three point four million, so it's not like he'd be making a whole lot more. Um, he'd have to get a lot more in the assistant pool. I think we might have missed our window with him with last year if, if we would have took the, the Baylor job. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a top 10 team right now, so he's going to get whoever they want. If Michigan opens, I just wonder, you know, from being Ohio State, does that persuade him at all? Like, it's hard to see. He wants to be the Ohio State job, and once eventually it opens, if he's at Michigan, do you, do you see that happen? I don't know. He's obviously at the top of my list. Great defensive coordinator who we should have hired, but we have, you know, Justin Hamilton's obviously better. Um yeah, he's definitely my top guy. I just don't know at the moment if it's realistic anymore. I I agree 100. percent He's he's my number one guy also. Uh, but I'm also I'm not going to waste sort of time or emotion <laughs> on him because I think he's he's out of our league right now. Uh, by the way, I got a 
got a guy at Ohio State that tells me there's zero chance the fickle goes to Michigan. Thinks Penn, uh, Penn State might be a possibility, but odds, you know, even a better chance he's going to sit tight and, and wait for the right opening. So I'm not going to waste a lot of time on fickle, but I agree he would be the sort of dream candidate. And, um, you know, it's barely a, we, we may not be able to give him a salary bump. Uh, so it, it just can't surely be that attractive. All right, who you got next? Um, next, I have um, Billy Napier. Um, he, what he's done at uh, Louisiana is fantastic. He also has, you know, everyone talks about, you know, does he have the big boy experience? Well, he coached at Clemson. He's coached at Alabama. He's been in Arizona State. I like him. He, he's an offensive-minded guy, which I think we need. Um, I do question a little bit of his recruiting. He, You know, he's better, but, he, you know, for what he's worked at, at those two big schools – I just I don't know if it's enough recruiting wise. You worry. I think maybe it's we're worried because Fuente was kind of the same thing, offensive coordinator. Then did that, but he has the experience. Louisiana is doing phenomenal. He's done a great job turning them around. Um, he's a guy that I think is going to sit still, and I think he, I think uh, South Carolina is looking at him pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I think I agree down the line on him too. He's intriguing, and I will say one thing about all these guys. And I think we have to understand again with with our budget. Unfortunately, we, there's a good chance we're going to be taking some risk here with this hire. He would be risky. A lot of these guys are. Uh, you know, he he was a guy who was offensive coordinator at Clemson. He was 29 years old, uh, and then went coached at Alabama, and then obviously took this head coaching job and and, and has done really well at Louisiana. I've heard it, you know at least just anecdotal people saying that players absolutely love him. He gets recruiting, he gets marketing, et cetera. So uh, he's not, he's not probably in my top three, but he's probably, probably in my top five. All right. Um, let's see. Who, who, how about Will Healy? Oh yeah. I, I think this is guy that's probably going to be realistic who, if I had to make an early prediction, I guess I would probably predict him only, I think 35, doesn't have any experience at the Power 5 level coaching, playing anything. So that's a worry. But here's my thing. Look at his staff. He has four or five guys that he got from big boy schools, Oregon, Texas A&M, um, Tennessee, and Minnesota that he didn't even know. And that's what Fintay's thing is he will only hire a guy that he knows, which I understand. But he, he, I was reading about him. He said highly recommended guys. and he So he understands that you need big boy experience at the big boy schools. Branding, recruiting, and marketing, he's off the charts. He fully gets it. Turned around an Austin P team that um, they were one of the worst teams ever. He's done okay at Charlotte. I think it's early in his tenure to give him a huge uh, what he would do. I, I wish they would have a little bit better season this year. I do think he's a risk. I'm not going to lie. I think he's risky. He's young, 35. But I think he understands he would hire. It's not like he would bring his whole staff in like who did. He would hire guys from big time schools, like just like he did at Charlotte. Um, so I, I like him. I think this is the guy that I would probably put in that we would hire. If you were Whit Babcock, that's who you'd hire. Um, is that what well, you're saying? Or you're well, just saying you think he's the front runner. I, I would say given who's going to be interested, I, I, you know, we have our blinders on, so I don't know exactly how appealing Virginia tech is. I think it's more appealing than we give ourselves credit, but I think of the guys, I don't think Napier is going to be super interested. I think we missed it on fickle. I don't know yeah. about Shane Beamer. I got um, you. I, I think Healy's a guy that's just realistic on all fronts. 
Yeah, he he only makes seven hundred fifty thousand right now at uh, at UNC Charlotte, so we could probably get him on the cheap. I don't think I'm quite as hot on him. Uh, I agree with everything you said. I'm just not as hot on him because of his 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 risk. You know, uh, he did unbelievable at Austin P. That was a team that like won one game in four years, and he turned them around and won the FCS. You know, coach of the year, um, and he's only in his third year at at Charlotte. They've been sort of. Um, mixed right now but he's 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 unique and energetic and you make a great point about sort of building a staff of guys from p5 schools um all across the country he's he's a really fantastic marketer so uh a name to keep an eye on all right let me see let's hit tony elliott you want to go first uh yeah another guy that he has all the leverage he makes a ton of money he's like one of the highest paid ocs done amazing things at clemson he's a great recruiter um, I think he's going to have his pick. I would love it, love the hire. I just don't know realistically how realistic he is. But then again, I, I mean, this is what I think about Virginia Tech. A, it's in the ACC, which is a down conference, and you're on the easier side. So I think that's huge because I think Virginia Tech, for a lot of these coaches, is going to be a stepping stone, unfortunately, but that's the truth. So that's you can make a nice um, – it's, it's a, a little easier to win than if you go to Michigan or a South Carolina – so I think that's going to be appealing, but money wise, when we're only offering four million and he's making two as an OC, I just don't know how realistic. But we'll love the hire. Yeah, I, we're we're in complete agreement again. We might we might disagree on some of these. He's my he's probably my number two uh, or one one A one B with Fickle. Uh, I've heard the players, you know, just absolutely love the guy. Guest recruiting, been there nine years. If, if there's a knock, I mean, he hasn't been a head coach yet. He's forty years old. Which you know we think of as young, but look at some of these other coaches that are five, six, seven years younger than him. So, and he's been at Clemson for nine years. So, but I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time on Tony Allen. I think we do need to be realistic. There's a lot of fans saying his name, and I think he can probably punch uh, punch a better ticket. So, all right, let me see. Next, I got, and I haven't done full research. What do you think of Josh Heupel at UCF? Um, you know, I, I'm trying to. I don't have his resume up, so I'm trying to think where he was. Was he at uh, Oklahoma before? And everywhere he's gone, he's had explosive offense and uh, certainly done well. And I know he's a he's a shortlist candidate. So, uh, <clears throat> any thoughts on him? Yeah, I like him. I think he's on that step of taking that next that next step. You know, he has the experience at Oklahoma. He's been in Arizona. So he's got more of a Midwest ties. I don't know if that's he's trying to get back there. Obviously, offensively, he he you know he gets it done and they recruit well. You know how much is that? Is you're in like the conference where you're the best. So and you sell that Florida aspect. So I like him. I think he brings a lot to the table. Obviously, super young. Um, but then again, his defenses sometimes are just really really bad. So yeah, yeah, um, I, I I agree. And I by the way, if given my druthers, I think. Like characteristics, I think recruiter and sort of head honcho marketer fundraiser is sort of my top um, things I like. But de- it, between offense and defense, I, I really want kind of I want I want a guy who's going to fix our defense, which we pride ourselves in. We just have not had a chance to have any pride in. So, but I throw him out there as an interesting name that certainly have seen mentioned. You got any? All right, you go. And I'm I got my papers disorganized here, so. That's all right. I'll, I'll just let's just talk about Shane Beamer. That seems to be there. People were on the train, or you're not. Um, I was not, but I think I'm coming around to more of it. He'd obviously be the CEO. He does have special teams um, coordinator 
experience. So that kind of that supervision kind of thing. Resume wise, you're not going to beat it. Uh, Georgia Tech, Tennessee, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, Oklahoma, and Georgia. So that resume wise, you're not going to beat it. Now he's probably still going to command four million. Can we give him the staff to make him the CEO? Well, I wrote posted this a while ago. It's not so much the coaches he knows; it's the analysts, uh, quality control coaches, um, grad assistants, because those are the guys that are going to be real more realistic. And at the places he's been, there's been a ton of them. So just by probability and odds, you're going to have more of an odds. Some of those guys that in his career where he's been have gone and did good things. I think it would be a risk, but I am for all, all for it. You're going to get some donors that love Frank. I think he's going to inject some hype to the program. But I, I do I agree. It's, it's going to be a very risky move, but I, I don't know if Witt would make that move. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm really schizophrenic on on Shane. I'm certainly warming up to the idea that I guess most mostly because I, I, I think he probably we get a hometown discount from him is a positive. I'm thinking, you know, he might want to come back and, and live live close to live close to Frank and help turn things around and and fundraising wise, you know, he can probably help uh, put a band-aid on a lot of the on a lot of the problems we have with 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 raising things on the on the field stuff. I agree. I mean he's a CEO type coach. He's never even been an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. So he's a little bit of a kind of a cheerleader coach. Great guy, well liked, etc. He's gonna need a really good and I think experienced coordinators with him. And that's to your point is well if we blow three and a half, four million on him, um, who are we going to be able to bring in? Now, hopefully, he has a good network. Maybe he knows some young wizard that he can he can have kind of follow him here to make his mark. But uh, but he's 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 pretty high risk. But there is a by the way, just so everyone knows, and, and I'm not spreading rumors, but there's a guy uh, on uh, on Twitter who did I look? I've searched this guy. He's a he's a retired reporter in Bristol, Tennessee. And he has some connection to the South Carolina program. And he broke the news on Will Muschamp and Will Muschamp's replacement. He's not just a crackpot. He's a guy that's got a lot of sort of reporter-type followers, not really sports reporters, but just regular reporters. And he's sort of hinting uh, – well, he's hinted that the deal is done, which now a lot of people are in terms of getting rid of Fuente. But he's also hinting that Shane is um, kind of a favorite. So we'll just just, just leave that out there and, and – and and see. All right. Um, watching the clock here. How, I'm going to throw one for you and just see how you do on it. Mike Elko uh, is one that I think I'm kind of really interested in. Again, for reasons I said before, he's a fantastic recruiter. He's de- currently defense coordinator at Notre Dame, 43 years old. He has been in Virginia before, coached at Richmond. He's been at Fordham, uh, also at Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Defensive coordinator under Brian Kelly and uh, now under Jimbo. Um, any thoughts on him? Yeah, I like him. Uh, you know, I guess if you can recruit, you can recruit. But I think the offensive coordinator looks better. But I like what he's done. Um, he obviously has the pedigree at Notre Dame and Texas A&M. I think recruiting absolutely has to be the, the number one priority. And if you can do that, you know, he can obviously do that. You got SEC experience. You got Notre Dame experience. So, I would be on board. Um, it's a name that I haven't heard before. I'll be honest. Um, you know, he's young, well, so he fits a lot of that prototype. I haven't, um, I haven't heard it either. I've just always liked him, and I so I looked him up, and and uh, you know, just saw that kind of the age and never been a head coach. So we all, we're all going to have this never been head coach question with a lot of these sort of hot power five coordinators. But 
Um, so, yeah. And then someone tweeted me, by the way, let me see, Clark Lee. Do you know anything about Clark Lee? He is the guy that replaced Elko at, or Lay uh, at, at Notre Dame. And he's the current defensive coordinator there. I know nothing about him. No, I don't either. I just looked him up. Okay. But, uh, okay. yeah. Another super right, we'll, young guy. Yeah. We'll, we'll skip him. Uh, now, okay, you say super young. Dan Lanning, um, Georgia defensive coordinator, 34 years old. Uh, supposedly, you know, a defensive wizard. Kirby Smart saw him at some, uh, you know, just GA type uh, position and and has hired him on. And of course, the Georgia defense has been unbelievable. Don't know a lot more about him than that. Again, the guy's only 34 years old, but I, it's attractive to me. It is, it is. And he, you know, having the DC, he also was a GA at Alabama. He was a recruiting coordinator for two years at Memphis. I mean, I, he checks a lot of the boxes. At some point, you know, fans of Virginia Tech are going to have to realize there's going to be a risk. I mean, we can go get the head coach at, um, Charlotte, that's a risk because it's a low-level head coaching job, or we can go get an assistant that has no head coaching experience but has the pedigree of working a Power Five. You know, at some point you're gonna have to. There's gonna be trade-offs. You know, he obviously yeah. recruits well defensively; they're always good. So he's learned under the good models. Um, would like you know he's super super young, so I would have to see who he brings in. A guy like Jerry Kilwer, um, Boston College. You know, you see. Jeff Halfley, if his first hire was a special assistant, just like Jerry Kill, this would be a guy like this would have to be his first hire. So you have a guy who helps you kind of oversee everything. But this is a guy I would, I would, you know, it's a risk, but I, it's a calculated, very, it's a good risk. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. All right, how about uh, got this name which I don't know much about, other than they've had a fantastic year. Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina. Know anything yeah. about him? Um, one of my um, what's his last name again? Chadwell, Chadwell, yeah, one of my friends at uh, who I graduated with um, at uh, Temple in my master's class. He he did he worked uh, with the business aspect of the football team when he he graduated there, so he knows him. He likes him. He he doesn't have a whole lot of Power Five if any experience there. So once again, it's a risk. Um, he's done a fantastic job. Um, Ivan, it's a name you don't hear much, but you know, yeah, he's all, he's all Southern ties. He turned around Charleston Southern. So once again, he's like a Will Healy that hasn't really – I mean, he's turned everything around, but he doesn't have that experience. Um, super young, so he fits a lot of that mold, though. Yeah, I'd say he'd be a real dark horse. I think that would be a that'd be a, a Mike Young-type surprise, um, although you know, I'm just thinking of that from South Carolina or North Carolina. All right, um, another dark horse, I think, and, and, and I haven't seen anyone mention his name, but he's a guy that, that I like and am intrigued by, and that's uh, Jeff Grimes. People probably remember that name. He was our offensive line coach in 2013. Uh, went over, got hired away um, uh, by LSU, and was there for three, three or four years. And then uh, BYU promoted him to offensive coordinator. He's been there three years, and BYU's offense has absolutely taken off. So he's a he's a proven recruiter. I don't know if he's outstanding, but he's definitely a proven recruiter. Been at a lot of good stops: Auburn, Colorado, Arizona State. Um, and I remember him being very well liked by the players when he was at uh, Virginia Tech. So I'd like to see him. Now he's a little older. He's not old. He's fifty-two. Uh, any reaction on uh, Jeff Grimes? Yeah, I, I like him. Um, and he always seemed to do. He, he seemed to be really good at a lot of things. Maybe not a great recruiter, but he was always good. I mean, LSU wanted him really bad, so that tells you something that he's doing. He was real well liked at Auburn. Um, 
he has that experience at numerous places as an offensive coordinator or at least a run game coordinator. He has that pedigree of SEC and what and what as you know BYU is doing. Obviously, they're not playing the best talent, but what they're doing is is second to none. I like him a little bit of a risk, but I like a guy that you know he understands physicality and toughness, and we are lacking that so much. Not just on the offensive line, but I think he would bring an attitude. I remember, still remember his saying that Lions the tip of the spear, and I loved everything he did. So he's a guy that I don't think is getting you know talked about at all. So I don't know if he's not interested in head coaching, but I, I like this guy. I think he needs to move up. But what again? He is a little bit older, so if an AD wants a younger guy, I mean, we're not talking about 52 being old, so I guess it's weird times. Yeah, it is weird. Um, but, uh, you know, those are good points. And one thing on that about, you know, he's not being talked about. Uh, one thing, I, I love the way Wit operates. I think I think Wit will, not only will he be very tight-lipped and, and, and careful and cautious about who he's talking to and um, bringing in, I think he's. He, he, we may see some diversionary smoke signals over the next few weeks. So everyone's going to chase any name that gets thrown out. In fact, of course, a lot of people just throw out their own name or their agents will. Um, that's my opinion on what happened with Fuente and Baylor. So um, let's see. We, I know you got to leave here in a couple of minutes. So why not, is, who who did we miss that is worth talking about? Is Joe Brady worth talking about? You know, in my opinion, he's just too young. I think he's also an NFL guy. I mean, he's he's been a great OC, but he was you know at LSU for what a year, and now he's in NFL. I just I think he's more of an NFL guy. I don't think he would seriously take us. Um, he would I agree. Need, he would need a huge staff budget, and, and that's not what we have. I think Todd Granham is is there. I, I have a good source telling me unless we offer him five million, uh, he, he's not interested. I guess apparently he was. This is this is the Florida defensive coordinator, Granham. Yeah, that, correct. I didn't realize he played at Florida, uh, Virginia Tech. I know he coached yeah. there, but um, apparently yeah. he, he needs a lot of money. Which is weird. He's like 54, so he's getting to that age where the window for being a head coach is low. It's one of those things, dude. You, you need to swallow your pride. You're not. What's the difference between you know four and five million when you get to be the head coach of where you went? I like him. He would bring in uh, Torian Gray as his head coach or as DC and his D line coach is a fantastic recruiter. Everything would spike. Uh, recruiting, uh, physicality, toughness. I like this guy a lot. We have heard that you know the administration doing that. Two and a half, uh, 12 and a half administration batches it. So you're getting 25 million. So in theory, that's going to help a lot of things. And maybe we can help. Um, apparently he was one and one a with uh, Fuente when we hired him. Apparently he needed that extra million and we couldn't offer him. At so, the time. so you've heard from someone that Grantham's name is getting some buzz. Yes. But I, but unless we offer him 5 million, they said he's not yeah. interested. So it does seem like he has a mm. pretty good ego. Um, obviously yeah. I, I, I'm not hot on him. I haven't done a lot of research and, you know, I just know he's, I remember he, he, he's, he's got a temper. He's had some little sort of, I guess, PR flare ups. Uh, he's probably a good coach, but, um, had some, had some baggage in the past. I know you need to go and I'm going to hang you. I got a couple more questions pretty quick. Um, uh, Dave Clawson is another one that I, frankly, I know, I think fans, he's, he's not an exciting hire, but, Boy, has he done an incredible job at Wake Forest. And I wonder, you know, always wonder, get some access to better talent. Um, could he flourish? No, not necessarily known as a recruiter. But then again, he's 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 at Wake Forest and his offense is unique and really, you know, explosive. Any thoughts on him? The, the report says he only makes over $2 million, So that's so low. Imagine you double that. You're going to double your budget, I'm guessing. The amount he work he does with Wake Forest, this year they shouldn't be anything in that they're doing a phenomenal obviously his buy-in is there you know if you give him more resources and then you equip them with a staff that can recruit i like it wouldn't be a flashy hire and i and the, the fans aren't going to love it 
probably, but he's a winner and he's done great things at Wake Forest. You know, I, I you know, it's one of those things, it's tough because you know you're not going to get, you're probably lowering the ceiling a little bit, but you're raising the floor. Um, well I like put. it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I like him. I think he's a guy that gets you back to nine-ish wins every year with the 10 potential. Uh, he's 53. He'll be 54 in August. So he's he's probably on the tail end of his career coaching-wise. Um, I wouldn't mind it. Um, I, I wonder, though, if he has any interest in leaving or if that's just where he wants to retire. He's been yeah, at 54, he might just say, I'll just become a legend at Wake Forest rather than um, try to be moving around. All right, Hugh Freeze, quick. Yeah, zero inches from him. Uh, I would like him, but we won't hire him, and he doesn't have any interest here. Oh, really? Okay. I thought I saw someone. I can't find it quickly now, but I saw someone saying there was some freezes people were talking to our people. Um, I my thing on him is you know he's got he's got baggage. He gets sort of a bad taste in my mouth, but he turned things around. He 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 turned around recruiting. He's a great coach on the field. He's probably going to succeed at his next job, but but probably not a fit. All right, listen. I know you got to run. Um, and I and apologize everyone we kind of rushed through this, but g- give me your give me your top three. Um, uh, take let's take Fickle and Tony Elliott off the table as 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 probably not we can't afford them. Who are your top three? Well, first of all, do, is there anyone we missing, and who's your top three that you'd like that are realistic? No, those those are my list. Um, I, I don't know a ton of assistance. Like that's not my forte, and I don't know a ton of that would come here. I think that's the biggest thing. If we eliminate um, Fickle and Tony Elliott, it's tough. I think it's Napier 1, and then I think it's 2A, 2B with Will Hilly and Shane Beamer. Um, I'm just getting this weird vibe that Will Hilly is that, is that what you guy. want or what you think it, it will be? You know, I It's tough. If I had to pick – I mean, I just don't know if the great candidates are there. I mean, I think we might have missed a window last year with teams going. I just don't know how many t- – yeah, it's tough. I mean, everyone wants flute gone, and so do I. But I think the market right now isn't great. I guess you have the argument of there's not many teams to compete with, which is true. But I, I, I mean, we're looking at that list, and I mean, how many of those guys realistically are realistic and excite you? If you take if you take out Luke Fickle and Tony Elliott, uh, yeah, that might be. But look, I got to tell you, s- set aside the candidates. Um, this is the time to do it. Not not just I'm not talking about foo. This is the, going to be the easiest year ever to rebuild a roster because of what's going to happen with the transfer portal, with everybody getting an extra year and all the confusion and frankly budget issues with with scholarships. Right? Just because everybody's saying, "Well, it's your senior year, um, uh, we're going to allow you back next year." Guess what? You got new recruits coming in. I don't know what they're going to do to raise the scholarship limit. If they raise the scholarship limit, they still might have budget issues. They're probably not going to raise it like the full amount where suddenly there's 110 scholarship players. So guys are going to transfer like crazy. They'll probably be given immediate, you know, nobody's going to have to wait a year because of all this chaos. This is the time to get someone in that I, you know, we're going to have a ton of new players next year. So my top three are, um, I got, I got Napier number one, again, realistic, um, and then I have I have Grimes, Elko, and Claussen kind of down there. And you're right; I don't think any of those three are they're, they're all um, kind of you know, boy, everyone's going to be holding their breath. But I think they're the sort of program builder types. And I put Beamer and Healy kind of at that next next level. So, um, you know, um, anything else, uh, Iron? Yeah, it's tough. I, I mean. I think Will Hilly has a ton of potential. 
I like the way he's orchestrated his staff, which that's a low budget at Sar- Charlotte. He's done good things there. So believe me, it's a risk. But he, I mean, his branding and recruiting is off the charts. He's shown that he will hire guys that he needs to hire for experience that he doesn't even know. Um, you, you just worry. He's only 35. He has no power five experience. So it's a risk. But I just think the reward and upside is there. He seems to really know how to coach. Obviously, coaching at the, the lower levels is a little easier. But I, I, I know Jeff Grimes is up there, Dave Kloss, and I, I wouldn't mind those guys. I don't think they're going to excite the program like we want. But I think – yeah, like all the reasons you said this is the perfect time to do it. I think we can, especially with 2022, that's the the in-state and around that there's so much talent there. So you get that new car smell. That's why I think Healy, a guy who can create that buzz, he might go get some guys that we don't think we can get, but we do. That You just got to worry about the coaching. I think recruiting-wise, I think he's fine. Ultra innovative. Um, it, there is a question that will buzz. He does bring a little bit of like a – um, not an arrogance, but like a different persona than Blacksburg's used to. Will Witt go after that? Like a, a PJ Fleck marketer type? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you th- ever heard of Club Lit. He makes basically the locker room, if they went at home, like uh, a dance floor. Like he brings a DJ oh, in. I didn't know that. Uh, recruits love it. It's going to be, he's going to crush recruiting. Um, you well, just worry put, about okay, Witt. Just put him in my top three. You see how easy I am to be persuaded? Yeah, and he's cheap. So I think financially... I mean, we're competing right now against South Carolina. My last thoughts, I don't know if we're going to make this move. It makes sense to make it, you know, if it's going to be a parting ways, then it's going to be like a six or seven million. I think that's the way we'll go. I, I don't see us paying that 10 million. I just think he wants out. Those comments yesterday he made in the press conference where he said, I don't care about the fans, basically. That was, my, in my opinion, I thought that is, he knows he's done. And then there was rumors that his family and his wife doesn't even like in Blacksburg. So I think he's going to take the four million he's making, take the six or seven million to buy out which is a ton of money, um, and then he's just going to go in his way. I think this is a – he after the, I can't believe we blow, blown out like we did against a, a yeah, terrible pit it, team. It, it, for people that aren't paying attention on that, I mean, I, that's one place where I do disagree with you. I know you, you've made the case that it wouldn't be a firing, but it would be this quote-unquote mutual parting of ways that's negotiated and, and saves us a few million. And that's one that I have a hard time um, – think it, it, it would make sense if his – if his reputation was still somewhat intact, maybe there's people out there that think it, it something, you know, there's, he has a legitimate excuse, maybe the virus or something else. Um, but I think his reputation is so damaged now and man, how hard has it got to be to um, say well, this, this paper right here says you are required by law to pay me $10 million if you want rid of me, but I'm going to take six or 7 million and just, and just don't tell anybody you fired me. I, I just have a hard time kind of adding all that up. So I think I think we're going to have to fire him, but I think we will. And I think we're going to get the money. I went into some of that on the last podcast on, you know, I think there's going to be bailouts and, and, and yes, it's going to be awfully painful. It's going to be painful for a lot of schools, frankly, just more so because of COVID than, than their situations on this. And so um, with that, Iron, why don't we, any final words or thoughts? No, hopefully next time I'm on here, we have a new coach. I mean, it would be an absolute just disaster if we brought him back somehow. Um, until oh, yesterday, it's, it's, it is so far gone from my mind. And I, gosh, if that happens, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm done. I won't pay any attention to the program. I'm not going to do another podcast. I, but I, I believe truly. I mean, like to me, it's ninety five percent, ninety percent. What do you think the odds are? 
You know, it's funny. We're, we're both on the, the 24-7 VT scoop, and it's the, the insiders change their tone big time, especially CZ. He is very well connected to the donors fundraising and administration side, so he, he's a little bit more in-depth, and, and you can tell his tone. He, he knows it's over. Um, I think the school, um, Dr. Sands, is going to see that we have to do this. I don't know if the donors are going to come up with the money, but I think, like you said, with the bailouts, I think the school will say, hey, here's the money. Um you know, what's like you've been saying, if we're going to lose 50 million, what's the difference between 50 and 52 and a half? And next year, there's no guarantee if COVID stays like this, that we're not going to lose more money and then we won't be able to fire them next year because we'll be some more in the, the red. So I think well, that's the- a, that's exactly right. And that 50 million, I don't know that that counts basketball. Look, I'm excited to start paying attention to basketball, but um, I'm not sure that counts. I, I, I have a feeling basketball might get canceled. Um, or I don't know how they they can't put them in a bubble on what they're going to do. I mean, the, the, the problems on that in some sense is maybe more difficult with everything indoors. So, um, uh, you, you know, in the budget stuff, I, 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 they can move money around, you know, remember that the, the athletic department pays the university for the scholarships, essentially, they can just say, ah, they could, they could look the other way on that. There's all kinds of things they can do. Universities are going to get a bailout. I'm absolutely convinced of that. I don't know in what form, how much money is going to come down. And so to me, it's the perfect time to kind of rearrange the books and just take this as a write-off. And I know it's uh, it, it probably doesn't feel that way to wit when it's $10 million sitting there. But, I, you know, I'm just totally convinced it's happened. I will be so depressed if it doesn't. Um, so, hey, listen, Iron, thanks come, for coming on short notice. And everyone will be back uh, again uh, uh, sometime, I guess, before for the end of the year. So, yeah, appreciate you having me on. Hopefully we talk next a little bit recruiting and hopefully we have a brand new coach. All right, man. Take care. All right. You too.